Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The United States men's national team returns. Sound the alert. They play Wales in a friendly this week. And we got Jimmy Conrad and Aaron West. We're going to preview the entire game, the squad, what we feel about the future, the present of USA. Stay right here because we begin right now. America! Uh, yeah! Yeah, baby! The United States men's national team! Jimmy Conrad We're is in the house! <laughs> I don't want to say what's up. What's going on? So, so fun fact, everybody. We're here to say yeah. <laughs> but what I wanted to say is I have a bit of a conundrum, Luis. I got some tea. I love having some tea. You know why we're doing this. I want to keep the vocal cords nice and loose and warm for any kind of hot take that I've got coming for you. But then I brush my teeth because we're on camera for YouTube. So now I've got like this tea toothpaste vibe. And it's not as cool. I was, I was like, the morning was going great. I'm excited to talk about the U.S. And now I'm like, ah, I got this toothpaste tea vibe. I'm going to work through it. But I just wanted to throw that out there in case anybody's like, what's wrong with Jimmy today? It's, it's that. Dude, it's so, it, it's so fresh and so clean, clean. That, that, that's all that you need, right? Like, I feel the vibe. I feel it. Oh, anyway, man. welcome, everybody. This is our United States men's national team preview as we look ahead, finally, for the return of the squad under Greg Berhalter playing against Wales. Yes, it's just a friendly, but really, this is the very beginning of what we'll see. All these players that we've been excited about during the summer, McKenney at Juventus, Adams at RB Leipzig, Giorena, et cetera, et cetera. Finally, we get to see what it's going to look like. Jimmy Conrad, good to have you start the show. Uh, who's going to give us his ideal starting in element lineup? And our producer, Brad, will put it us shortly. But first of all, Jimmy, talk to us about the latest news with this squad as we look ahead and then roll right into that starting lineup. You got it. So first and foremost, our American Lord and Savior, he's had that title for a while. Christian Pulisic is most likely out for this game. We're all okay with it, I think, ultimately. I mean, we want to see him play out on the field. But what I really like is that he's still there in camp. He's still building that camaraderie and trust and rapport. Not only, re like, reestablishing or continuing to strengthen the relationships that he already has, but also to be the leader for the ones that he hasn't met before, to, to welcome them into the squad and say, hey, we're going to count on you in the future. P please, uh, please join us. I guess there's a couple, right, that are still hanging in the balance uh, that may may not with a Eunice is the one I'm, I'm or Musa is who I'm thinking about Eunice Musa is potentially one that could still I guess make a switch so you know I think having him come in and uh really establish what it feels like and tastes like to play for the national team is really important and also Christian Pulisic's really the only one that was a part of that team that didn't qualify for the World Cup in 2018 so having that experience I think is going to make Christian really valuable and we don't ever want to feel that again we never want to put ourselves in that position again so there's a lot of good reasons why Christian uh having him there even though he's not going to play is super important now with regard to my starting lineup and I'm sure Brad has already had it up on screen and I haven't addressed it for about five minutes let's get into it Zach Steffen 
goalkeeper, Manchester City playing behind Ederson. He needs some minutes. He needs some action. He's going to start for me. He's our number one moving forward. What I really like with my back four in particular is Anthony Robinson. You have a, a left-sided player playing left back. I've seen some other people projecting their starting lineups. They have Serginho Dest on the left side. They have Reggie Cannon. Necessarily a fan of, even though Serginho Dest can play on the left side, he's ultimately more comfortable on the right. So I like when you play players in their best positions. So I got Robinson on the left, Dest on the right. You got Brooks at the left center back. And I want to see Chris Richards, frankly. I know what Tim Ream can be, can be. I know what he can bring. And I don't think he's playing particularly well for Fulham. So I'm not as interested in seeing what Tim Ream can bring to this. I want to see the relationship develop and deepen between Brooks and Richards. So yeah, people say, oh, this is a friendly. Listen, friendlies matter. And they matter for these particular reasons. Which pairings, what, what little duos can you start to establish and build that, that you can build upon that don't have the same types of stakes that like a pressure or a cap game or a gold cup game, world cup game, qualifier, whatever there, there, you don't have any, you're rolling the dice and you're hoping for the best here. You can actually work on it and fine tune. So why not see our best young players get after it? That's what I'm really excited about in midfield. I go with a double pivot of McKinney and Tyler Adams. So I think Tyler Adams will sit a little bit and let, and let Weston go a little bit more box to box. And then I have Gio Reyna. A lot of people have him out on the wing. I'll put him at the cam. I'll put him at the number 10, very similar to where his dad used to play, which is pretty awesome, by the way. And then as my wingers, I'll go with Musa. I want to give him some minutes. I want to give him an opportunity to get after it and kind of show what he's about. And then I have Tim Weah on the other side, who's starting to get some more minutes with, with Lille after coming back from an injury. And then I like Soto. He's scored a lot of goals uh, in the Belgian league right now. He's got, I think, five goals in his last three games. He's the hot hand. Obviously disappointed that Josh Sargent isn't around. Werder Bremen wouldn't let him go. I think he would have been a nice spot there. But that's what I go with. I know Sebastian Legette got called in because Sargent wasn't available. I know what Legette can bring as well. I want to see the young guys. I want to see some pairings, specifically the Brooks-Richards pairing at center back. And that's my starting lineup. Love it. So before we carry on and we talk about betting tips and go deeper into this lineup, uh, we talked to Serginho Dest a few weeks ago uh, about his hopes for the United States men's national team and, and what he's hoping to do. Uh, check it out. I feel like everybody is really hungry, you know, for the opportunities. Um, everybody wants to make uh, the U.S. great, you know. So it's, um, you know, for me personally, I work uh, really hard, you know. I want to reach my full potential um you know not only for myself but always uh, also for the for the country you know i want to uh you know like achieve big things with the us and i think we have a we have a good generation coming up so hopefully everybody is uh doing the same like keep working hard you know and i think we can reach something something nice maybe maybe already in 2022 but uh, i think definitely in 2026 Virginia Dest there, uh, I'm sure echoing a lot of what all these players are thinking. Listen, like, I like this squad, especially Reyna, uh, like, like his pops, like just being that number 10 creative. Listen, here's my question. What about Richie Ledesma, uh, Jimmy? Like, do you see him featuring at all? I, I do. I hope he gets in. I know we have another friendly against Panama, so there's another opportunity to maybe start some of these other guys. I like Richie Ledesma a lot. I like what he's done so far with PSV this season. And I could see him starting, frankly. I think there's, there's room for everybody. And what I really like about this roster in particular is the fact that we have options. It's not like, oh, man, who are we going to play there? It's like, well, who do we choose to play there? It, that's a, it's a nice thing. We're in a nice 
starting point, I'd say, on the cusp, I think, of this new generation really taking over. They don't they weren't ready yet in 2018. They were a little bit too young, obviously. And our older guys were still hanging on and still being the, the most vital members of the team. And we didn't have that like middle generation that really blossomed, right? This is the same generation that missed out on two straight Olympics. We didn't qualify for two straight Olympics, which is unacceptable, by the way. I don't know how long you want to go or if you, if you want to go down that rabbit hole. But but because that generation didn't really do the do the business, we had this gap. So you had the older guys. I'm talking Josie, Michael Bradley, those guys kind of still being involved. And then you had Pulisic and these guys now, the U20s that are starting to emerge into our full team that are now old enough to really take responsibility, getting a lot more experience, whether in MLS or in uh, Europe. And, and it's starting to show and it's great. So we have all these options and I'm really excited about it. Uh, Ledesma though, I'm, I'm excited about his future. And uh, I really like everybody that's been called into the camp, frankly. Now, I promise we'll get into betting tips uh, in a second, but I think it's really valuable to just dive deep into Jimmy's starting 11. Two points from your, uh, from your lineup, Jimmy, which I think uh, you'll like this one, I think, as a former defender. I, listen, we're talking a lot about the trio up front and, you know, creativity, et cetera. I'm actually super interested to see how Chris Richards does and how he links up with Brooks. I think it, hopefully this will be the, the link up. But regardless, everything begins with the foundation of the back four, specifically those two center backs, because that's really what's going to test to see leadership, especially in defensive transition. And then the other point was the number nine spot. I mean, that to me is another clearer place where we need to see how, how they develop. Would you say, which was more important to you? Oh, man. You know, I mean, I'm a center back. So, of course, I feel like d defense wins championships. You're, you're playing right into the, my supreme bias with regard to I that. Asked. <laughs> but if you don't have somebody up top that can do the things that are needed for the team, both on both sides of the ball. So, for instance, you need a, a player, a number nine, that can hold the ball up under pressure. That is so important. The, the guy that did it best for us, I think maybe better than anybody else in the history of our national team is Brian McBride, big, tall guy, obviously his size is tremendous, but the way that he held the ball up and that allowed us to transition in a meaningful way. I don't care who it is up top. If, if you can't hold up the ball, you're not really helping our team. And because our midfield is pretty overpowered to borrow a, a term from FIFA, where we have so many great options. And if you have Pulisic healthy as well, you need somebody to hold the ball up. We don't necessarily need them to score the goals. It can be somewhat like the Olivier Giroud of France. Dude, just hold the ball up and allow Mbappe and Griezmann and everybody else to bomb forward. They'll score the goals, but we need you. You're so, so important to the team to hold the ball up. So that is key to that. Now, also from a defensive standpoint, how are they press pressing? Because they're ultimately the first line of defense. What's their energy like? Because when I played with the number nine that was active and making it hard for the other defenders, it made it pretty easy for us on a back line to know when to step and when to drop off because of the pressure by the number nine. If we have a lazy number nine that doesn't want to press, we can never hold a high line. We can never squeeze the field because there's no pressure on the ball. And they can hit these long balls over the top. And now we're getting stretched and we're getting turned around. It's never a good feeling. But if you have a number nine that's running the channels, making it hard for the defenders, they have to really rush their passes and make everything, maybe push everything out wide. It makes it so much easier as a center back to really force it to one side, get everybody in good spots to block passing lanes and win the ball back immediately and go from there. But I can't tell you how important these little tiny things for a number nine really make a big difference on the team. So whether that's Sergeant Soto, a healthy um, Josie Altador, I don't care who it is, but they have to do these things to make it happen. So I'm excited to see some players that have shown this in the U20s really step up to the full team against a pretty formidable opponent in Wales against Wales uh, and, and see how they perform. Yeah, especially when you have Tim Weah and Musa uh, on either side. Stay right here because after these messages, uh, Jimmy will be back with his betting tips. 
CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Jimmy, to wrap everything up, I know that we always begin with betting tips, so we have to really <laughs> talk about the lineup and everything. Is there anything from a wagering standpoint on this game? Yes. So as I do, I put on my trunks and went swimming in the warm waters of William Hill, and I found some good lines for you. I don't know which one you're going to like, Luis, or which one's going to stand out for you. This is pretty wide open. Uh, if you want Wales to win, and if you do, you're not allowed to listen to the podcast anymore. You're out. I'm just kidding. Uh, they're, they're, they're favored to win plus 140, which is still pretty good value for them. The draw is actually plus 210, and U.S. to win straight up is plus 210. What I find interesting when I, when I took a deeper stab at some of the different lines they were offering, the heavy favorite right now is if both teams score – or no, excuse me, the draw and under two and a half goals. That is that – is, it's not Wales winning in, in under or over two and a half goals plus 240, the draw under two and a half, which means I feel like the betters or at least William Hill are establishing. We think it's going to end one, one, and I could see it ending one, one. And I think you can make a strong argument for that, but I think there's going to be more goals. I don't think Wales really know what's about to hit them with a bunch of our young kids coming out and wanting to prove themselves. I think there's going to be some multiple goals in this one. And then obviously Wales have some talented players too. So I think they're going to score as well as we try to figure out what our best defensive setup is. And I think we'll probably be much better defensively against Panama when we have more time and a game to like work through some stuff. I do like the over plus 130, over two and a half plus 130. Uh, if you guys want to put a flyer, Gio Reyna scoring in his first ever game for the full team plus 600 anytime he can score. I kind of like that. I think he's a kid that rises to the occasion. I think he wants to really put a stamp on on things anywhere he goes and this is gonna be a good opportunity that's well that's the hard part with this Luis is that when you are a U.S. fan and you got a team playing you start to think with your heart not your head so you got to be smart out there everybody these are just for your consideration but really what I think is the safe bet is plus 100 both teams to score so for me that's like what I call the easiest of the easy money both teams to score plus 100 you don't need to know any kind of result it's just you know somebody hit in the back of the net. I think that will happen for sure. So if you're going to make any bet and feel good about it, that's the one to go with. Yeah, I like that one. I'm actually, this is the one I like after you've been talking and giving us those tips. I like two all with, because is Reina going to take penalties, do you think, in this one? If good, you question. To, good question. Good question. It's possible. There might be a foul in the box. There's so much speed and tenacity with this young, willing United States men's national team, the uh, Welsh defenders. Somebody could make a mistake in the box. Reyna takes that pen. Two all with Reyna scoring. I like that. That's, that's specific, and that's why we love you, Luis. Hopefully that happens. <laughs> and I'm always, always wrong. 
Jimmy, any final thoughts, uh, not just on this game, but just looking ahead as we see the return of, of this squad? Well, first and foremost, the future is bright, okay? I'm not trying to say that like an Arsenal fan type of way where you, you hope things are going to be good and they don't end up being good. They're going to be good. Our team is solid. I think the big challenge for Greg Berhalter moving forward is how do you like mesh this European talent with what's emerging in MLS? Because that's going to be really important. As a former MLS player that had all my experience for the most part in MLS, I think there's still a role to play for your national team. And I had that as well. Clint Dempsey, when we both kind of had our shining moments at the 2006 World Cup, were two of the highest rated players in that tournament for us. And we only had MLS experience and we did the business when the whistle blew. So how do you figure that out? How do you find and put those pieces together? I will say it's a great challenge to have because we have so many pieces at our disposal. So again, the future is bright. I'm super excited. I can't wait for this game. I love it. I love it. I love it. Jimmy will be back after the game when myself, Jimmy, and Heath Pierce will recap all the action. Jimmy, brother, always good to see you. Have a great day and uh, looking forward to chatting to this after the result. Yeah, hopefully I have the same big smile as I do before the game. I know you will. Thanks so much, brother. Welcome back, everybody, to Que Golazo. And my God, am I excited right now? My God, is this... The first, the debut, the first, but definitely not the last introduction of my man, Aaron West. Aaron, what's up, man? So good to have you on the show. What is going on, man? It's a real honor, dude. So good to be back on with you. Uh, a little bit of a different show this time, but always good to be with you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The first time that Aaron and I met was obviously back when I was with SI and, you know, uh, came to the studios. It was such a good vibe. But this time, he's a colleague. Welcome to CBS, man. Already saw you on Champions League show. We're I'm just so happy, bro. <laughs> Dude, the colors are coming in CBS. I love it. I love it. Listen, also, congrats on the new addition to the family, uh, your baby girl, uh, future United States women's national team player. It's just going to be so good. How are you feeling? How's the fam? Good, man. Thank you so much. I am, I like, the fatherhood's been amazing. Like, we just hit six weeks yesterday. Uh, it's like, it's gone by so fast, but it's also, it's like, wow, she's, she's only been here six weeks. It's wild. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it's, it's been amazing. I'm like trying to sleep as much as possible. So if you see me like going like this a little bit during the interview, you know why. It's not because of you. <laughs> well, we're going to try and keep you awake for the whole time. Uh, love your input. Love your value. Uh, listen, United States men's national team. Uh, everybody's excited. Uh, this is a brand new squad, uh, really, in many ways, right? Even though that a lot of them always have appearances, prolific, et cetera. This is really just a new vibe, uh, just because of what mm -hmm. happened in the summer. You know, not just prolific at Chelsea, Reina, Dortmund, Tyler Adams, RB Leipzig, Weston McKennie, Juventus, the list goes on. I want just your first, just your thoughts on, on, on just where, you know, in terms of optimism, realism for this squad. Yeah, man, I think for the first time you said it, like, for a lot of U.S. fans, we have optimism. Like, after we crashed out of the World Cup qualifying, like, it was the most, like, despair I've ever felt about U.S. soccer. And even, like, leading up to that, it was just, like, where is this program going? Like, how are we going to produce these kids? Like, what's this going to look like moving forward? Are we going to be able to, 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 is our development stalled? Like, where are we in world soccer? But, like, over the last, and the, 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 like, little bit of hope then, and was like, all right, well, we have these academy kids. We have set up the academy system. Like, at some point, they're going to start coming good. We're going to see them, like, break into European teams. And, like, in that time, 
We've seen a lot of these kids like break into European teams. We've seen Tyler Adams go to RB Leipzig. We've seen Weston McKinney go to Juve. We've seen kids all over Europe, Gio Reyna at Dortmund. So I think the big, the, that is the word. It's optimism right now. It's like cautious optimism. Um, I, we still have so much work to do in our system, like in developing players and not letting players fall through the backs and just the way that we approach the game in this country. But I am optimistic because we have some quality players in our ranks. Like these aren't just like, oh, this guy's like kind of good. It's like, no, these players are being recognized by the biggest clubs in Europe and giving time, given time by the biggest clubs in Europe. So it's not just like, oh, this guy might be okay. It's like, these are legitimate prospects. Obviously, I, I don't want to pull like an England and be like, all right, they're all going to win the World Cup. We, if they make a mistake, we're going to write them off forever. <laughs> no, we're not, not going to do that. But it's cautious optimism. Like, there's a lot of quality. There's a lot of quality coming through the ranks. I think our academy system is really starting to bear fruition. So I'm excited, man. It's, it's been a lot of fun. And like you said, I've, I've, been, I've had the, the pleasure of being able to interview some of these guys and, like, build a relationship with some of them. So it's, been, it's cool to, like, watch them grow up as people, too. So it's, it's just exciting for me all around. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest two narratives so far have been one, people are optimistic, but they're also realistic. I think 2022, obviously hope, but 2026 is the real target for many of them. And then the other point that you made is that it's not just, you know, because we've seen obviously, you know, Clint Dempsey and, you know, McBride and Casey Keller, Guzan, like there's been Americans in Europe. It's just that now they're taking prominent roles in big clubs and they're like, generally speaking, under 24 years old, which is like incredible. So it's just, it's just a good, yeah. it's a good, good vibe. All right, let's talk about the actual game itself. Uh, the first time we're going to see all of this together, uh, Greg Berhalter, obviously feeling good, feeling happy. The squad, uh, you know, you're seeing the videos on social, everybody's feeling good. They're playing Wales, uh, you know, at Wales. Luckily for a lot of those uh, squad members that didn't have to travel that far, you know, they're already established in Europe. I'm looking at your lineup here. Aaron, because uh, we're doing a quick thing, just like we did with Jimmy. We're doing it with you, your your lineup, and yeah, yeah. you've got you've got a nice little setup here. Reggie Cannon, Richards, Brooks, Dest. That's a really intriguing back four, and then McKenney and Tyler Adams protecting uh, behind the front three. De La Fuente, Ledesma, Gio, and uh, Wea. Obviously, Pulisic is the question mark because he's not fit, so that's taken with <laughs> that. Um, talk to me about this formation. What 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 is it specifically that you're thinking about when you made this? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of taking into account like how much some players have played, injuries, things like that, and then just like guys I want to see, like specifically Chris Richards at center back. Like we haven't seen him with the national team, but. I haven't seen a ton of them. Like I've, I've in a, a few of these guys on the list, like I'm not even gonna lie. Like I haven't seen a lot of them. Like I don't get to watch nearly as much as I used to. Like when I was like 25, I would watch literally every single game that was played ever. Like <laughs> I don't have that kind of time anymore. So I, some of these guys I haven't seen play extensively. And so for me personally, like I wanna see Chris Richards play. I wanna see Reggie Cannon play a little bit. I, I think I've seen him play once for Boa Vista. Uh, so I wanna see him play. Uh, I, I like Serginio Dest. Um, uh, I wouldn't even mind if, if um, I think Anthony Williams started. Uh, I think we know what we get out of Serginio, even though he's very young. Uh, so if he started on the bench, I wouldn't hate it. I think this is like a, this is one of those matches for me that I just want to see these players, see them in the environment. But I picked Serginio because he can play on the left. He's played there regularly. He's been, he's going to be a regular for this national team. I want to see Reggie Cannon, uh, Chris Richards. 
Richie Ledesma, I think I have actually had the opportunity to see him play a few few times for PSV. I really, really like his energy, his quality. Uh, I think he deserves to get that start in midfield. There's a lot of names that, that could be in there. but I, And that's the beautiful thing about a friendly is like at halftime, you can switch your whole team if you want. <laughs> um, I, re- I think Gio Reyna absolutely deserves to be in the starting lineup. And one of the, I, I think probably one of the questions would have been like, uh, Tim Weah, is he, does he, should be, he be a starter or should he come off the bench? I really like Tim Weah. Um, I think he's also one of those players that like needs to be shown some of the love. Um, so like to start him would be like a, a big confidence boost for him. Um, I think he's got the quality, like he, we've seen him, uh, he's just struggled with injury and he can play. And honestly, he can, that front, the front four I selected is, is relatively like flexible. So like, say you wanted to slot Gio Reyna in it as a false nine and move uh, Tim Way out wide or Conrad De La Fuente to the right or the left. Um, and finally, we'll, we'll go to Conrad. I, I'm so excited to see this kid. Uh, like we've got two Americans at Barcelona, like sit there and think about that, right? <laughs> so wild to me that we've got like two Americans at Barcelona. Uh, but yeah, I'm really, really excited to see Conrad. Um, I think it's very fire that he's chosen to go with the one name, like just Conrad. Uh, but I, I, I haven't seen a lot of him. I've seen him play a couple times, but it's an, another one of those guys I just want to like see more of him. So that's why I put him in my like ideal starting lineup. Yeah, you make some really good points here. Uh, a few from your comments. The first one is, uh, listen, like there's no denying in this talent and everywhere, obviously. But there's two specific areas that I'm really looking at. One is you mentioned it already, Tim Weah, but just specifically that number nine role. I think that if there's a place where I'm really still just waiting to see what, what the U.S. can do is right there. The target man, or mm-hmm. like you said, if they go wide, et cetera. You know, Tim Weah, you know, like you said, his career has been you know, due to injury, you know, P- starting PSG, then, you know, the Scottish Premier League, and then he went to Lille and just, you know, kind of a backup to Jonathan David, but he's gaining so much experience. And we forget how young he still is, right? And then the other part is, um, I think Richie Ledesma to me is the key here. We're all talking about the star players, obviously, but if you can have like this hard working midfielder, that's also kind of an architect, a lot can happen because I'm looking at your starting 11 and there's a lot of dynamic opportunity here. And that's a big mm-hmm. thing. Um, listen, here's a question. I, I think I don't mean to interrupt you, but part of part of what I'm excited about this with this team is there's a lot of very smart players, yeah. uh, like very, very tactically adept players like a Tyler Adams, who's played through the center out wide everywhere. Weston McKinney's played through the center. He's played center back. He's played out wide like these guys know the game. And so what that means to me is you can put players that aren't necessarily just like a pure number nine if you have players that can fill that space, that can run into those areas. You can put players that aren't necessarily just the number six if you have a player that'll track back for it. So just the balance of the team feels pretty solid to me, and I just kind of want to see that. Yeah, totally. Listen, the one I'm excited about is uh, I hope we get to see some minutes. Yunus Musa. I mean, how cool is this story? I mean, 17 years old, chooses to come you know, for the U.S., uh, plays for Valencia. You know, he's mainly like a winger from the right side. But he, like you said, uh, to your point about flexibility, really along anywhere in the midfield. I just, I'm excited about that too. Like, it's just crazy to see. I mean, talk about when we talk about diversity and inclusion, like I'm looking at this U.S. team, 
I mean, I'd like a few more Latinos, but it's all right. But it's just looking really, really good from a young, diverse, versatile perspective. What do you think about Yunus Musa? Surely you're excited too about him. Dude, oh man, like number one, I like was really surprised he, he he's still not capsized, so, but knock, knock on wood, but I was surprised that he chose the US, but like, man, this kid can play. Like, wh what is going on with the States right now? Like, I, I don't understand this. We've got so many like talented young players. Like we just saw Yunus ball against Real Madrid in La Liga. <laughs> and now he's joining up with the US national team. Like, this is just exciting for me as like a pure US soccer nerd and someone who's been through this for the long, longest time. Like, uh, personally, it's exciting for me to see like black faces in the US national team. Like, I want to see more brown faces. Like you said, like, I want this, I want, the national team to, to represent like the country as a whole. Um, and I think we're on the way. And I, I, I'm very excited about our academy system right now. I think we're, we've, we obviously we have a lot of work to do, but we're, we've always had the talent and we've always like been able to kind of like send players from time to time. And we've seen like flashes in the pan, but now I think we're able to really like cultivate that talent a lot better. And we're going to keep seeing, these players come through so I'm, I'm just excited for the future overall Eunice Eunice is one of those guys where I'm just like whoa I, I, he's American all right yeah, el <laughs> eligible, for those who don't know eligible to play for the U.S. The, uh, Ghana Italy because he played there uh, after living there 10 years in the country and he was part of the England youth system all the way through so he's got the pick yeah he literally had the pick <laughs> he's like sitting on world football like what's up you guys gonna what are you gonna give me? What do you got? Italy, I want a Ferrari. Like England, I want I want an Aston Martin. Looks really good. It's like he's a college, uh, a high school quarterback, and just all these schools come in and they just oh give it God. to him. I love it. I love it. Let me ask you something, Aaron, um, because we've talked a lot about like optimism, the future, et cetera. How important is the development and growth of uh, not just like Americans in Europe, but the bridge between MLS? in the US and the business. Look at Brendan Aronson, for example, he's a good example, right? Like somebody that's about to go to Salzburg in January, you know, from a yeah. Philadelphia Academy. How important is that for you? Do you think the growth and development of MLS? I think MLS clubs have finally realized like not in a bad way, like their place in world soccer. Like there are leagues that have been around for centuries that will always be like here in world soccer, like Brazil, no matter how good the country becomes as a footballing nation, they're always going to be selling. Their, their nation, will, Argentina will always be selling to Europe. That's just the hierarchy. And I think now MLS has started to realize, like, we can still be very good as a selling league. If we cultivate young talent, sell them, and use that money to bring in more good young talent. Uh, so that's where we are. And I think, like, clubs have started to realize, and we're, we're, we've gotten, like, sorted out the solidarity payment and transfer fees and things like that, where clubs down the line are going to be able to be rewarded for producing players. So when that all happens, it's like, this is perfect. Like, this is what MLS should be. It's young, exciting, American, Latin American, um, some European talent, but like mainly like Latin American and American younger talents where they make their name in MLS, go to Europe. And that's, that's what ha That's when you get the best talent. And when you know that you can come to a league the competition is going to be good and the competition is rated well enough that European clubs will come looking. We're in a good place. I'm, I'm very happy with where we're, we're like what they've done in MLS so far, like to create the development. I would love to see an open system, but there I understand they're trying to protect the integrity of the league and keep it 
going. <laughs> so I, I do understand from that point, I, I'm a, I will always be an open system guy, but I understand this country is very different. Uh, so yeah, that's a long way of saying I'm excited with the, de the MLS development. Brendan Aronson's one of those guys. We're going to see more guys like, uh, I'll shout out a name, Mark McKenzie. I would say in, in January or something like that, you'll probably see him go to a, a European club. We're, these guys are coming through their academy systems. They're getting good minutes. They're showing their quality and it's perfect, man. I love it. Yeah. Now you've made a really good point because also aside from, uh, you know, American talent that grows, there's also so like, you know, players like Miguel Almiron discovered in South America coming to MLS and then going to the Premier League, et cetera, et cetera. The other point as well, I guess, is managers, right? We need somebody more Jesse Marshes uh, to go in Europe and to kind of just become that bridge. Absolutely amazing, Aaron West. Listen, before I let you go, the floor is open. Is there anything <laughs> that you want to bring up? Anything at all? And you can, you can bring up Arsenal. I mean, that last score was pretty good, I thought. Ah, oh, you had to do it. You had to do it. Okay. All right. That's fair. You know what? That's fair. Number one, I have to say, I am, I am happy for you. I like, I, I'm not even going to talk trash. I am just, as a, as a Villa fan, I, I, I worked with Jap Grimsby for a, for a very long time. I know what you guys have been through. I'm friends with a lot of Villa fans. So like that little jab, that doesn't hurt me. I, you deserve this right now. I'm happy for you. Ollie Watkins is a bowler, number one. Uh, this is a big baller. Uh, I think the only thing I want to say is I'm just really, really excited to be here at CVS, man. Um, I think they're putting together an incredible roster of talent. Like you're, you got here before me. Like we've seen Jimmy Conrad. We're so many folks that we like know and love in the soccer space are here at CBS. Um, whether that's like on camera writing things like everywhere through social. Um, so I'm really excited to be at CBS. I think this is going to be a really, really cool journey for everyone involved. Uh, I'm really excited about the things we're going to do. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm excited to be here and up the arsenal. Up the arsenal. And listen, man, you are a great addition to this team. Uh, please make sure that you, if you don't already and you're insane, please make sure that you follow Aaron. But listen, to that point about arsenal, I, I, that, was my, that was my fault, but I got a present for you, <laughs> right? So watch this. Hold up. I cannot wait to see what he comes back with. Oh, Ooh. I'm a nice guy, Aaron. Oh, look at my guy. Look at my guy. That is All we got to do is physically meet or we'll get the address going. Uh, yeah. If you're watching this on YouTube, it's you'll know why he's so happy. Because <laughs> you know I'm not going to wear it. <laughs> Facts. Back, 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 back. Aaron West, uh, oh, such a talent. You're going to see him all over. Make sure, especially... You know, once the Champions League returns, you'll see him all over uh, CBS Sports HQ, All Access. Aaron, always good to have you, man. I can't wait to have you again on the show. Thank you for having me, man. Have a great one. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Aaron West for joining me today. I hope you enjoy all the games and stay tuned because much more to come on the podcast as we look ahead as well to the South American qualifiers. Please make sure that you leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. They really help a lot to make sure that this pod grows and grows and grows. We will see you next time. Enjoy the matches.